that they had just a human skull over their shower head, which is a weird thing to do even if you're in a cult. Welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're doing a movie. It feels like a long time since I sat down to do one of these. I've been ignoring it. I don't know why. I've just been really into reading books lately, but uh, that's about to change. I I'm back on the movie pile now. I saw this one advertised on eBay and I had to get it. The cover has three people wearing weird baby masks, which is always a, you know, a, a good horror film thing to go for. Uh, and it's described as Blair Witch meets Wicker Man on the cover. Um, so obviously having seen both of those movies, which it rarely happens that I've seen both of the movies something has been compared to, I had to get this movie. It's called Cronewood. You can rent it on Amazon or you can buy the DVD like I did. And according to the back, it's from 2017. And it seems to be pretty much an amateur production, I would guess, judging by like the production values and the fact that I've never heard of anybody in it. And to be honest, the reviews were quite scathing and I went into it with low, low expectations. But I was actually pleasantly surprised. And although there are things that I can criticise about it and there are things where I feel like their reach exceeded their grasp. A brave attempt was made and I did quite enjoy the story. So we're going to get into it. I am going to trigger warn, however, for rape and sexual assault being featured prominently in this movie. Uh, and also just for just general uh, gore. There's, there's not a much of it, but there, there is a little bit. So I thought I'd warn for that as well. This is described as a certificate 18 and it's 86 minutes long, which I feel like it could have been shorter. There were at least two points where I thought this is dragging on a little bit now, which considering it's only like, what, an hour and 25 minutes? That, that That's not great. But for the most part, it, it did do really well. And especially for like the first, I guess, half hour of the runtime, I did feel like it was really well paced. So the movie then, Chrome Wood, the back of the DVD box describes it as... A young couple, Danny and Haley, embark on a camping adventure in the Irish countryside. They choose Crone Wood, an infamous spot with a history of witches and folklore. After exploring the local ruins and woodland, they decide to pitch their tent. But as the darkness settles, strange noises start to be heard and mysterious lights are spotted between the trees. What starts out as a curiosity quickly descends into a nightmare as the two discover that the horrors of Crone Wood go far beyond local legend. Thrown into a world of cults and ritualistic murder, they quickly discover that Pagan Island is alive and well. So we kind of know what we're into from that. It's a pretty good description. Basically, this blends the ending of The Wicker Man with the main body of the Blair Witch. It's mostly two people running around in a wood being scared, and then we get a sort of a Wicker Man-y ending. And to be honest, I felt it was the Wicker Man-y ending that kind of let the story down a little bit. But... There are enough surprises in the plot along the way to keep me engaged, to keep me guessing. I was generally quite interested in the relationship between these two characters. And although the last sort of 20 uh, minutes of the movie did, I feel kind of really show where the budget and, uh, and abilities of the people involved were wearing a little bit thin. I think the main body of the movie did make up for it. So solid recommend. And I'm now going to get into a very spoilery rendition of the plot. 
Uh, so for starters, 10 out of 10 for the music over the <laughs> menu screen. It was very exciting. I liked the music. The music also then features in the film. Uh, I felt like I should recognise the people playing the music because a band do appear at one point and I was like, is this a movie that was made just for you guys to be in it? What's going on here? But there's some pretty good music in this movie. We're introduced uh, to the idea that this is found footage. And also to Danny and Haley from the back of the box. Um, so the back of the box calls them a couple, but they're not really, as we soon discover. We see them frolicking on a beach in, in the cold ocean. And they're joking around, having fun. This feels very organic. It, the way they're filming each other feels like the way two people would film each other not for a found footage film. It feels very natural. So hats off to them. This whole opening segment is really well done. Uh, they seem to have only just met in a bar uh, and Hayley says, I think, that they've only known each other like 22 hours. So this is, we're coming to kind of, I guess, like the tail end of their night together. They've like, this could have been like the end of a romantic comedy. You know, the sun's coming up on the night that they meet and they're kind of casting around for something else to do. So they decide to go camping in Ireland in November for, for weird reasons. It, it's Haley's idea and Danny seems happy to go along with it. He seems the shy one of the two of them. He's more kind of resident. He mentions that he has like a bad relationship with his dad, that his dad bought him this expensive camera that all this is being filmed on as an excuse not to spend time with him. So we're getting a little bit of characterization there. They decide to go camping. They go to buy some camping shit at an army surplus shop. There's a kind of a funny moment where he's like filming point of view with like a knife and he's going like, dude, 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 and like sneaking up on her. And then she just looks at him like, you're a knob. And then he kind of goes, dude, dude, and goes away again. It feels funny. It feels like these are the kind of hijinks people would get up to while filming themselves. And it feels spontaneous. Maybe it was improvised or just really well scripted and acted. Um, but I was you know, having a good time getting to know these guys. Then they head off into the country and we get a little bit of exposition from Haley in the car. Barely any exposition, really. She just says that the wood used to be known as Crone Wood, the title of the movie. Uh, and then it was renamed by a local landlord who got sick of the, the superstitions about it. So that's really all we get mentioning the history of this place. And it's kind of touted on the back of the box as being like, history rich folklore rich we don't get a huge amount of that but then uh, they park the car they get out and they head off into the woods and they do see some tourists around and quickly decide to take a less traveled route into the woods themselves so you know they've strayed from the path things can only get weird we then see Haley putting like a, a little plaster on a boo-boo that Danny has acquired while walking through the forest and we kind of see their first kiss happen slightly off camera so it very much feels like we're watching two people fall in love we're seeing that sort of first blush of a romance here and it's all very kind of well done up until this point it's probably my favorite section of the movie because we're seeing them get to know each other and it's been pretty well handled and then we get into the creepiness they find a ruined stone building and they look around it in the daylight and just there's some light spooks being spooked by pigeons. Haley runs off and pretends to hide at one point and Danny can't find her and then she jumps out at him. It's larks is what it is. It's good larks. Haley then reveals that she grew up around here and knew about this place before they got to it. Um, but then kind of ducks the question of when she moved to Dublin 
which was my first hint that Hayley was bad news bears. And the hints kept coming, and then halfway through the movie I decided that she probably wasn't bad news bears, or it would have happened already. And then, surprise, she's bad news bears. So the movie did at least make me question my assumption, but the assumption was made fairly early on that she was in on something that was happening. I have just written, Hayley is bait! Exclamation mark, question mark. They eventually struggle um, with the tent and like setting up off in the woods away from this deserted building, which gives Danny the creeps. Uh, he has a fight with the tent and puts it up minus one pole, which is again like gentle comedy. It feels like this is a normal thing that would happen on a camping holiday. Now, this is the moment where I sort of like disliked Danny a little bit and it kind of ruined him for the rest of the movie because he sets the camera up to record him and Hayley having sex and then she notices before they do anything and gets mad at him and leaves the tent and he apologizes and says he only did it because he can't believe that someone as beautiful as her would want to be with him and it's like oh cool story bro you're still a giant perv so I kind of soured on Danny a little bit as a character at that point. And to be honest, I think out of him and Hayley, she is the better actor out of out of the two. So she was already kind of my favourite of the two of them because Danny, I don't know, he's either acting awkward or his acting is slightly awkward. And then the more I watched in the film, the more I was like, I feel like your acting's a little bit awkward. So he's okay, but he's not, you know, doing the job that Hayley is. At 2am, Danny decides he needs to pee, the staple of horror movies. He leaves the tent and when he doesn't come back within, you know, the allotted amount of piss time, Hayley gets a bit nervous and follows him outside with the camera, which has night vision, which is very helpful. She goes looking for him and starts calling out and then he kind of jumps at her and tells her to be quiet and he's heard something outside in the woods. It's all very Blair Witch. He says that he can hear mumbling. I couldn't hear any mumbling. But then they decide to go and look using the night vision to find out what is causing the noise. And they go back to the building they looked around previously. And I thought this was really cool because we had kind of the light, funny spooks of this daytime abandoned place. It might as well have been a National Trust property. It was just that kind of like lightheartedness. And then they went back at night having heard these weird noises. And it suddenly felt very sinister. And it was a very good way of, of bringing that vibe in. I really enjoyed that. They look around and they can't find anything and they're like, this is dumb. And Hayley says, well, why did you bring me all the way out here then? Why were you so gung-ho about finding the source of the noises? And he kind of admits in a kind of bashful way that he wanted to protect her. And she decides that this is sweet and this makes up for him, you know, trying to record her earlier. So she says he's proven himself worthy, which is either a joke or bad news bears clue number two. Uh, and then proceeds to strip. She says he won't need a condom. Bad news bears number three. I'm sensing a fertility plot line here somewhere. Uh, and then she has him strip on camera. She like pans the camera up and down him. And this was genuinely a great scare, uh, which I actually reround to watch again because it was amazing. So she like pans the camera down to his feet, like as he's taking his clothes off. And then she says it like something along the lines of like, if you could do one thing to me tonight, what would it be? And then as she pans the camera up and you're kind of in this place where, you know, nothing scary is going to happen now. We're, we're away from scary time. Scary time will resume later. But the camera pans up and you see a guy standing behind him wearing one of them weird homemade baby cultist masks. And then she screams and like chokes the camera away and then he's gone. And that was a really good scare. I, I just, I had a good time with that. I wouldn't say it was like 
super scary, but it was definitely creepifying. It stepped the film up a notch. It, it brought in some more horror. So whoever's idea that was, good job. Liked it very much. Give yourself a shiny. Hayley then doesn't want to go after whoever this is, but Danny's like, we have to go after them and get them on camera and then we can tell the guards, which is what the Irish call the police. And just educating some Americans out there who might not know this. Um, and then they decide to go after them. So they follow him and they, they find a guy sort of walking around in this cult mask, like he's a little bit lost, carrying a lantern. And then he meets up with two other cult mask people and they briefly clasp hands and then go off somewhere. At this point, Hayley and Danny are like, mm, seems suspect. Let's just go back to the tent. But when they get back to where they're sure the tent was, tent's not there. Everything's gone. So it's sort of like the Blair Witch. Instead of she just ruins your stuff, she just takes your stuff and fucks off. They convince themselves quite logically that they're actually lost and this isn't the random tree where they pitched their tent, which, you know, I buy that. They wait for morning realise that that is indeed where their tent was and that someone has taken their tent and their mobiles and the keys to the car. So they don't really know what to do. They start to argue a little bit, but they eventually decide to walk back or walk somewhere and see if they can find a house or like the dog walkers that they saw the previous day. This is smart. This is definitely what I would do. So it was believable. They walk for a bit, but continue to find nothing. And Danny is still filming, but he explains that he's filming so that they can give this to the police and the police will be able to work out where they were and use it as evidence, which is, you know, just a justification enough for, you know, there being more found footage. They find some more ruins, like a stone wall. They decide that it was like an old manor house or something. And Hayley says that she's never seen it despite growing up there, which I interpreted as being like, oh, okay, this is why they brought in that whole thing about her growing up around here so she can say this isn't part of the woods i'm familiar with and it's sort of like they've accidentally gone somewhere else to this spooky place so i stopped suspecting her for a little bit and then i started suspecting her again very soon <laughs> but they, they look for a road and cross a river and walk around and danny reckons they're being followed so as a test he puts the camera down on the ground and they walk off to walk in a big circle and then come back and then they leave and we do in fact see one of the master people on camera. Having recovered the camera, the two begin to walk faster. They're like being followed now. There's a lot of impetus. They've got their get up and go back. And then they find a, a sort of road with some houses on it. Like one of those little lanes of just like three houses you find in the country. Which are always a little bit creepy, but this is more creepy because... Although they do seem to be inhabited, like there's stuff in them. There's a washing machine. No one's there. No one's home. They decide after a little bit of back and forth with Haley trying to convince Danny not to go in because, you know, technically it's breaking and entering or at least entering. Danny's like, well, we'll just show them on the camera that we were just looking for a phone. And then they go in to look for a phone. The landline is disconnected. So he goes upstairs to see if there's a mobile phone in this house. Haley goes into the bathroom and finds the masks from the mask people hanging on a wall over a bath full of potted plants. An odd choice for decor. She has the camera and freaks out at seeing the masks and runs upstairs to be like, these are mask people houses or whatever. This is concerning because when we find out inevitably that she is in on all this, I was kind of wondering who this performance was for. But I guess maybe it was in case Danny watched the tape back because he had already done that to see if they were being followed. So maybe she was just putting it on for him or just trying to scare him so that he'd get out of the house. 
because I guess she didn't want him in there looking at stuff. Unclear, but the fact that I tried to rationalise that and tried to defend that the movie kind of makes me feel like at least I was enjoying it enough to do that and not just assume that it was a big mistake in the continuity. So there we go. They find a picture of the green man on the wall, which is kind of a, a sloppy added detail, but, you know, it's it's there on the wall. They split up to look around, but find nothing, and then hear noises. So she gets into a wardrobe and he gets under the bed and we see some boots come in and, like, stop by the bed as whoever is wearing them slips them off and, and gets up on the mattress to, I guess, have, like, a midday nap, as you do. Uh, he tries to get out from under the bed when he thinks that whoever it is is asleep, but gets jumped by some more mask people. There's some screaming and flailing, and you can't really tell what's going on, but him and Haley escape, and he grabs the camera up as they run away. She then gets mad at him for rescuing the camera, even though it wasn't like he really went out of his way to, to grab it. And then they decide to, like stop being afraid i guess they they seem certain they're not being followed anymore and they think it was maybe just a prank despite the fact that she saw a human skull on the shower head and i think danny also went in and saw that later so that they had just a human skull over their shower head which is a weird thing to do even if you're in a cult very odd and there was like ivy growing up the shower it's like would you not at some point just decide i want a nice refreshing shower after these cult activities maybe i don't want it pouring through the eye sockets of one of my victims but human skulls aside they decide everything is fine now she then jokingly records him peeing which kind of goes against what she said earlier about you know not videoing people without their consent uh, she then hears something and they find three random women in perfectly ordinary modern clothes walking around through the woods and they're like help us we're lost these women are very helpful but also suspect as hell. They seem like they're local and they say, oh yeah, we, we know who you're talking about and we should probably leave now. They invite them back to their place to get warm and use the phone and they might as well say, come back to our gingerbread cottage because that's how clearly evil they are. Uh, they take them back to their house and they're now being recorded on Danny's camera but also on the camera that the women have. So there's like double recording going on. They give them a little tour of the house which is a completely different house to the one they were in before and say this is a pic of all of our sisters and Danny's like where are the brothers and no one responds because sus they continue to say various off things like when Danny says like please stop recording me they're like oh it's different when the camera's on you isn't it and it's like I don't know why you're getting arsy with him when you want him to not suspect that something is clearly going on but there we go. He finds a family snap of them and they say that the original green man is in this picture and he remembers the green man picture he saw at the other creepy house but then does nothing. Like He doesn't grab Hayley and go, we need to leave or mention that this is weird to her. He just kind of goes along with it. The girls then say that Mother May I is coming back to the house which is creepy but she turns out to just be their foster mother and they call her that to wind her up it's all so normal and not suspicious at all except that it's very suspicious they reveal that another guy has gone missing in the area his name's ethan and they show him a poster which you kind of wonder why they do that if they were being suspicious but this is explained later and they then say that they haven't called a locksmith to help them get into the locked car but uh, their dad will be back soon and he's gonna help but obviously he's not gonna help they have dinner, Danny charges his camera, and they have grace, but it ends with so mote it be instead of our men. Twice, to, to double the creep factor. 
I felt like we'd started to stall plot-wise there because we knew these people were creepy. Danny knew these people were creepy. The viewer knew they were creepy. So the next thing can happen, right? We all know that there's creepiness. It just felt like it went on for about 10 minutes too long. But there we go. Danny has a little drink of wine at dinner. He also reveals that he records things on cameras because he has so few memories of his mother who died when he was very young. Because, you know, he's emotionally vulnerable and definitely someone who a cult would take advantage of. Uh, he gets up because he feels a bit tired and they find him later collapsed in the bathroom. Just before they go to, like, look for him, um, the mother, like, reaches for Haley and is like, you're doing very well. So the gloves are off. Haley's evil. We all knew it. Uh, once Danny has passed out, they put him in a bed surrounded by some tacky looking like wicker memorabilia <laughs> some some twig pentacles and some ribbons you know how it is uh, and undress him and the girls wonder if he has what it takes and say well we can't choose for him he's gonna have to choose for himself so various things then one of the girls who i think is called finn but who is definitely not Haley, just casually rapes dan uh, and then afterwards tastes his sperm and comments on how fertile he is. Which is gross. But, you know, we're, we're definitely into that Wicker Man part of the film now. You can almost hear the audible clunk where it stops being the Blair Witch. And it begins to be the Wicker Man. Anyway, in come the candles. All the girls come in. And for some reason, now it's Haley's turn to have sex with Dan. By which I mean to rape Dan. And the girls, like the other girls, turn their backs to give them some privacy. Which is almost weirder than anything else that is going on it seems very much like we're in this kind of they're trying to conceive a child type area it's sort of like the wicker tree i guess i would say this film is a little bit more like the wicker tree than the wicker man if we were splitting hairs uh then the girls gather downstairs for wine and nibbles while they watch danny's footage from earlier as if kind of reliving a honeymoon trip with Haley. it's kind of freaky but also well done it turns out that all the other girls were also looking for people, but they didn't find someone as good as Dan. So he's the best one, apparently. They hear Danny wake up and start stumbling around. He does try to escape, but he falls down again because drugs. They then say that the green man will be impressed with him and they shove him in the car, still nude, and drive him out into the woods where they meet up with a bunch of other masked people for a very small procession. And this is where the band come in, and they're not wearing masks. Everyone else is, except for, like, the girls who we've already seen, but everyone else is wearing masks. The band isn't, which made me feel like I should recognise them, especially the guy who looks like a geography teacher who was playing the penny whistle. But I, I didn't, and I kind of wish they had been wearing masks, because it weirdly would have been less weird than to have them not. But there we go. They have a really small procession. And then they give Danny the choice of either being, like, dragged to the final ritual site or he can just walk on his own two legs like a man. He chooses to walk on his own two legs like a man because of, you know, the shaming that has been heaped on him. Uh, when he gets there, Haley's there with a little bouquet of flowers like a bride. So it's pretty clear what's going on here. Uh, Danny then tries to escape after a short musical interlude but then they catch him and they stake him to the ground they bring in another guy uh, ethan from the poster and stake him out as well so he's also going to be part of this ritual and he's told that 
although he is joined with Hayley physically, and also that other girl for some reason, um, tonight they will be joined spiritually, so this is like their wedding, I guess. Hayley then tells him to tell the truth and not to lie, because mother will know if he lies and bad things will happen. She asks him if he loves her and he says no, and she's like, well done, you told the truth. <laughs> she knows what's up. Uh, she then invites him to join them as being a family that's better than his family, like, you know, his, his dead mother and his estranged father. Um, he doesn't really have much of a life, I guess. And she kind of invites him to join them, but he says that they're all sick. And the mother says that most of the men of their race, I'm not sure what they mean by race, but I guess just this clan, are infertile. And so they need a new green man to, like, father children and keep the line going. The girls then cover themselves in blood from a bucket and frolic around for a little bit, which doesn't really accomplish anything and just, I guess, kind of pads the runtime. Eventually, Danny gets loose and he grabs one of these, like, hooky blade machete things uh, and holds them all at machete point while he unties Ethan and the two of them escape. Ethan then leads him on a merry chase through the woods. Um, and obviously, you can see where that's ending. They end up right back at the ritual site, and Ethan's like, you played your part beautifully, my friend, because Ethan is also in on it. Again, this feels like it's padding the runtime. They encounter, like, the masked people in the woods, but it just went on for kind of a bit too long and wasn't that scary, so I've cut that bit out. Uh, they then say that Danny has finally proved himself. This is the final part of the ritual, and the mother says that he can leave if he wants. He can either join them... Uh, and be with the woman who loves him, or he can go back to darkness. So he is being presented with a choice. And they then say that he has demonstrated the three qualities that they wanted. Bravery, because he wanted to protect Haley from the creepy noises and the men in the woods. Fertility, because one of them sampled his sperm like a fucking sommelier. And compassion, because he didn't leave Ethan to die. <laughs> so um, I kind of agreed that he had demonstrated these values, although I don't understand how you can demonstrate fertility by taste we shall never know they then say that he will be their new green man uh, he'll be replacing Haley's dad who finally shows up and he has to kill Haley's dad to take his place Haley's dad kind of helps because while he's holding the machete thing up to the dad's neck he just kind of plops his head forward and is like aha I kill myself I don't think that should count but the women folks say it does and um, Haley goes to embrace him and is like, oh, now you're the green man and I'm pregnant with your baby and everything's going to be fine. And then he stabs her super fakely with the hooked machete thing and she falls down like, oh, bother, I have been impaled. Uh, the mother then says, he has chosen! And Danny is allowed to, like, leave because clearly that's what he wants. And she kind of holds everyone back and is like, no, he has chosen. Let him leave. Danny runs through the woods for a bit, kind of laugh-crying hysterically, and the camera begins to make the battery-dying blips just as he turns and sees the girls kind of hounding him down. So apparently they gave him like a 10-second head start and then decided to go after him. And that's where the movie ends. So although the plot isn't like terribly original, because it is very much like The Blair Witch and The Wicker Man and The Wicker Tree and The Other Wicker Man and a little bit like Midsummer. It kind of still plays around with those ideas, although Haley is very obviously evil in the first act. We do see in that middle act some attempt at muddying the waters, some attempt at maybe making it seem like she's not in on it because of how long they spend running in terror. 
and although it's not really doing anything groundbreaking it does kind of make you care about the relationship between Danny and Haley, at least in the first kind of 40 minutes of the film it does kind of fall apart because I feel like they're not together enough from the point at which all the creepy stuff starts happening for me to really be that invested in either of them really as characters so it's not like the best movie in the world but it's at least trying to do something kind of interesting it's trying to not just be a wicker man remake it's trying to invent a little bit of lore it's in involving other aspects from different horror films like the blair witch and if you rip off enough things eventually you'll end up with something original so it's at least trying to do that so i kind of have a soft spot for the attempt that was made here although the production values aren't hugely great they at least don't cover it in terrible cgi uh, and things like that so it, it looks as good as it can do the acting is as good as it can be and the plot at least makes sense in the sense that halfway through i wasn't just like what is going on i knew what was going on it was all very well explained so it's at least coherent it's well put together for what it is and i would put it just slightly beneath the cleansing in terms of like production values because it definitely feels like this one had a much smaller budget um but i did quite like it uh, i do think it needed subtitles sometimes like i had trouble understanding what people were saying but aside from that pretty good effort did enjoy solid six out of ten if you have any other films you'd like to recommend do get in touch drop them in the comments section on the youtube version of the podcast in the meantime i'll see you in the next one